Hello, welcome to the podcast, Alex Edwards. Hey, Craig, good to be here. All right. So this podcast for anyone new listening here is called Starving Artist to Thriving Artist, How to Achieve Financial Freedom Selling Art. So I know you're quite the successful gentleman. You have been helping hundreds of artists um, kind of make their way into doing art for a living and doing it professionally and coaching and all that kind of thing. Since we help artists do similar things, but possibly in very different fields, I know I specialize in landscape photography. I would love to know kind of how you got into this business, how you, how you help, and just kind of st start with like a backstory. How, how'd you get into this? Sure, totally. So I'm 29 years old now, and I, at 16, had finished high school early. I'd gone to uh, an arts-related high school called Renaissance Academy. So uh, I'm a musician, and I graduated early because it was kind of an at your own pace thing. And, you know, being 16 years old, I was just kind of wondering, okay, cool. So I have this music thing that I want to do, but um, I feel some impending pressure on, you know, life about to turn on. So probably need to figure out getting a job, but oh, wait, there's this thing called college. Um, you know, you get a lot of mixed feedback about college, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right? So I was kind of at this crossroads, if you will, about what I wanted to do. And I ended up deciding to do a mix of all three. I decided I'm going to continue to focus on music. I'm going to get a part-time job, and I'm also going to do a part-time schedule at a college. Now, for me, what drove me to actually decide to go to college is I, I found a college that requires you to apply what you learn in the real world. And that really excited me because my main deterrent, if you will, from college was I'm going to go there maybe for the reason of pursuing an artist career, going to be forced to learn a lot of things that I'm not going to use and won't really have a sure shot at applying what I'm learning that I care about. And then after all that, I'm still going to have to probably start out at the bottom at some company or you know, still kind of like figure it out. So the idea of being structured in place to actually apply what I learn uh, was really exciting to me. So I did all those three things and I chose to go to this college because it was also a business college. And, you know, I guess you could say I had a more of an open mind about business as an artist um, because my whole thought was, hey, if you're an artist, what are you doing? You have something that you're looking to communicate and exchange with the world to actually give to the world. So that way, some sort of effect is created, either your message being heard and, you know, inspiring someone to do better or to solve a problem or to get through something. So cool. What does a business do? They do a similar thing with a product or a service. It's maybe not as uh, emotionally tied to, right? There are some products like that. Yeah. But the whole idea of, okay, what does a business do? They do a similar thing. Now, what do both businesses and artists have in common? They need to market that which they want to give to society. Okay, so you have to market. Okay, you probably have to sell. All right, you probably have to be well-organized. And what are artists well-known for not being organized, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so all these things actually kind of clicked for me as, wow, so I could actually be a better artist a better business owner of my art career, if you will, if I just confronted it and got training 
on all things business. So I guess you can say the, the less um, likely route of an artist. So I decided to do all of that. Um, very good time doing that. I learned about public relations, learned about, cool, not only how do you set goals because anybody can name a goal, but how do you actually create a plan to achieve that goal? How do you, you know, create the discipline for the right habits? How do you, you know, decide what your roadmap is to this goal? So I love learn that. all that stuff, learn sales, learn marketing. And every course I did, I had to actually go into a business or work with an artist because they, they let you choose what niche or demographic you want to kind of work in. Nice. And help them with these things. So, so did you start with program, did you start with musicians? Did you go down that route first because you were a musician yourself? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. So that was the thing that I had most uh, you'd say most of a a drive to work with, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wanted that for myself. Um, and what I ended up finding after this two year program is, hey, why don't I focus on my art career? and also help artists because everything I've learned artists need help with. So yeah, why don't I do that? So this was when the idea formed that I could more broadly help artists, not just musicians, but that's where this kind of kernel of a thought came into being. And again, I would have been 18 at that point when I had the thought. Yeah. Um, this is somewhat a long drawn out story. So you can pause me at any point. I'm loving it. I, I've been following you on, on social media for years. I uh, okay. will get to your achievements a little bit later on, but you're not, yeah. you're not a nobody. And I'd love for okay. you to hear that with, yeah, you know, like, like people, yeah. people who have achieved, you know, um, I always love their backstory. Um, yeah. Can you kind of give us a highlight reel of what you ended up doing in the arts? I know you and your wife are prolific, or especially she's she's very prolific on social media and kind of what you've yeah. created to help artists. And can you kind of give us a, a kind of layout of that? Yeah, totally. So, you know, fast forward a few years is when I actually decided to take a serious look at this yeah. uh, and just go out into business myself. So, yeah, essentially what I've what I've done is I've created kind of a structured program to helping artists name their goals and work out a plan to achieve their goals and get better organized along the way. So that way they have more certainty and control over their um, destiny, if you yeah. will, as opposed to, well, I'm just going to keep playing shows. I'm going to just keep playing music and it'll be the right time, right place kind of scenario, which <laughs> definitely happens. There's crazy examples of that happening, you know, between actors like Harrison Ford to musicians like Ed Sheeran, right? And Rihanna even. And so you have these great success stories of that. But yeah. if you kind of look at what they were all doing is they were persisting on their art. So yeah. they were persisting, they're pushing through. And um, what I do with artists is I help them continue to persist by giving them an organized, structured way of running their art career as a business. So some so of my highlights, like a, oh, yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> one of my most, like one of my first major highlights was I worked with this one fashion designer. So again, like all different industries, I kind of wanted yeah. it all to see what there was. And so I had this one fashion designer who um, not only designed dresses uh, and outfits for different styles, um, like Kitia, um, but uh, she also put on fashion shows during Paris Fashion Week. It was kind of like, it wasn't part of the official calendar 
of Paris Fashion Week, but was more of like an exclusive third party, I guess you could say, fashion show. And so I had worked with her um, the previous season. She had booked like six designers for that season that we did, which I worked with her on. We actually got to 18 designers booked. So that was a huge tripling of designers, but also income for herself. But the highlight was she actually paid for myself and my then pregnant wife. She was like seven months pregnant at the time to fly first class to Paris for Paris Fashion Week. And I was, you know, basically uh, one of the executives in charge of pulling off the event, making sure everyone was well organized and well operating on the event. So it was a huge success. We were there for over a month. I had never been out of the country before at that time, besides like for my honeymoon. So that was one of the first major highlights I'd had. So, so take us, take us through that process. So you connect up with a struggling fashion designer, mm-hmm. um, kind of perhaps very, very talented, but floundering a little bit when it comes to the business, just like, if you oh. give us like the highlight, how do you, how do you transform a talented, aspiring, um, kind of ambitious artist and take them from that to booking 18 designers at Paris fashion week, staying there for a month and yeah. you know, the world getting to see their creations. How does that work? Yeah. So it all starts with first, like naming what you want, really. Um, you can't know if you're going in the right direction, if you don't have a destination. Yeah. So that's the first thing I'm always establishing with somebody. And this is advice I give to every artist is, you know, when you're naming your goal, it really should be an objective. That would be like the next level for you. You can obviously have a long-term goal, right? Mm -hmm that this next milestone is like a stepping stone to, but still you want to choose something that's close enough to where you're at, but farther out that it's an actual like huge achievement. Yeah. So that way you're motivated to go after it, but also it's not so far out that you can't envision what the steps are to get there. Cause that's one of the biggest things I see is someone says, Oh, I want to be a Grammy winning, you know, artist, or I want to be an Oscar winning actress that's fantastic. You totally should go for that. If that's what you want. Right. But if you're just starting out, there's a gap, quite a bit of a gap from where you are to where you want to be. Right. Some journeys are shorter than others, but it's kind of like, cool. So what's the first thing that I need to do? Like with this uh, fashion designer, what we first had to do was we had to actually figure out great. So what is it that we're looking to put on here? Where's the fashion show going to be? What are the dates going to be? Um, you know, what are the prices that are going to be with this thing? You know, wh- what are you going to show at the event? Kind of like the broad strokes of the event, right? Yeah. So that way we could actually get into action on something. And then we had to come up. Yeah. So, so um, forgive my cynicism. Um, what magical ingredients do you sprinkle into a basic goal setting and then laying out steps to achieve that goal? What, what makes you unique? What allows you, what input do you put into an art, artist's career that helps them make their next step or their next level tangible and real and achievable? Sure. So the first thing I mentioned on like setting a goal that's far enough that excites you, but not so far out that you can't envision how to get there. I think it's really important because yeah, again, most artists want the world, which again, they should want that. And there's yeah. a reason why they're an artist because they dream big, right? Yeah, 
and I, I, what I help artists realize is it's okay to go for a goal that's on the way to that goal, right? Yeah. Um, if anybody's played a video game, the whole idea of leveling up through experience and being able to do like new magic tricks or, you know, wield different weapons or whatever, right? It's the same kind of ideas. If you look at where you're at as level one, cool, yeah. what would level two look like? You have to actually dream it. So for example, if I'm a fashion designer, but I've never actually gotten, ne never produced a piece of clothing, well, how can I expect to be in any stores, right? right? So my first major objective there is to actually produce a product there. Sure. Right. So I guess I make what the magical desk is first deciding on a goal that we can go after and really chart our territory towards, right? Mm -hmm. The second part is finding out, cool, why is that so important? Because again, oh, I wanna be a millionaire or oh, I wanna be famous, right? These are almost identities, right? Yeah. Which is cool, but why is that important? Because yeah. at the end of the day, whenever you run into resistance or obstacles or things like that, your purpose and your drive is what's going to push you through it. And if you have a weak purpose, you're not going to make it. So you have to have more reasons than just, oh, I want to be famous for the sake of fame. Yeah. Or, you know, I want to be quote unquote financially free. Again, these are all identities, which is mm -hmm. fantastic. But what does that enable you to do? So I always ask artists then after we name that goal, great. I want you to envision that you just achieve this goal tomorrow, right? Yeah. How has your life changed? What are you now able to do yeah. that is important to you, right? And then artists, I get goosebumps just sign that. But then artists start to really look at, oh, shoot. So it's more than just the identity or the goal. It's, it's that purpose. People talk about, you know, knowing your why, Yep. you know? And again, whys are a very powerful thing. But I take it a step further to, cool, what, is, what, is, what are you actually able to do? Not just like, oh, my why is my family. Great. So cool. What are you doing for your family? Like, how is your family's life different? Because that's really the full extent of that thought of purpose. Once I have those two things locked in, the person is now in a frame of mind to actually look at setting disciplines and setting actions down. Um, before that point, it's just kind of like a cool thought, being a millionaire, being yeah. on the radio, right? It's a cool thought. But now that you've looked at a purpose, you know, reason why you can further confront it. Yeah. I've had amazing success stories with clients where they couldn't figure out how to achieve their goals. And at the end of the day, one for one, the reason why is because they just never had somebody that got them to look at it, to actually look at it. And yeah. I've had some clients where like they started to tear up, honestly, because they had never really looked at what was it going to take? What was it going to do? Like, sorry, what was it going to require them to do? Yeah. Um, because we have a lot of ways to get information these days through social media, through YouTube, uh, through looking at those that are already at the top, right? Yeah. Podcasts. So don't forget podcasts, yeah, podcasts like <laughs> this one. Um, so you can get a lot of information from different sources, but at the yeah. end of the day, like you need to decide on a path and you need to just stick to it. Right. And yep. run yourself by that path, not constantly changing because 
someone said to do this and someone said to do something completely different. Like you need to kind of pave your own path. You should definitely look at what other people have done, but do your best to like understand that worked for them and you need to figure out what's going to work for you at the same time. I love what you're saying. Um, I've got a great example for landscape photographer because that is primarily what my audience is, landscape photographers. Um, mm-hmm. I get, you know, the first people, for, the first thing I ever wanted to do, you know, back nine years ago when I first started this, the first thing I wanted to do is like, I want to do art for a living. I want to quit my job, be a professional landscape photographer, and I want to make my money flying around the world and taking pictures. And it was a long, hard, grueling road. I didn't have any mentors uh, who had achieved it already. So I made so many mistakes, so many rookie mistakes and things that I look back at and kind of laugh at myself because I was so naive. I was so uneducated. I was so, I thought I knew it all. And, but, but I remember like this top of the mountain for me was quitting my job and being able to do art full time. And February 14th, 2019, six years after that, I finally did it. After 25, 30 failed attempts, I finally did quit my job. Yeah. And, you know, I was making five, $600 a day uh, selling my art and it was wild. I was like, I can't believe this. And like my entire life took on a new kind of, you know, you know, life force of its own. I was a new person and I was able to help people that I couldn't previously help. And I was able to get in touch with people that I, that, that, that didn't used to answer my calls. And and it was wild. Wow. What, what an upgrade in status. And then but I was stuck in, you know, I was selling in a, in, in a gallery at the time and I was stuck inside yeah. a gallery. And uh, I remember we spoke a few years ago while I was still, you know, a little bit stuck in a gallery. Yeah. And and I, I opened up to like one, you know, I, I had one, I was the only person that worked there, you know, working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. I had one location and then finally I hired the next person. Then I had two locations and I had three locations and I had four locations. Yeah. And that brought on, you know, fires of their own and complexities and organizational difficulties. Yeah. And then, then the new goal became like, I want to, I want to, you know, put this, put this company into a operating by itself and able yeah. to go actually photograph more. And um, I fell in love with teaching and I, and I really wanted to help, you know, teach, map out all those lessons that I had learned and teaching others. So like my new goal became, I want to be able to be free of, you know, 90 hour a week in the gallery. And that took forever, <laughs> but I, but I, it's really funny that you're like laying out. It's like looking at your goal, finding your why, laying out all the steps. And I did that earlier last year. And yeah. I finally did that in like August 31st of like 2021. I was finally able to leave that gallery. Yeah. And uh, now it runs profitably by itself. That's awesome. And I want to flip the interview for a second. I have a question for you. So <laughs> yeah, when you were, when you were moving, like going to that gallery phase, yeah. Were you working another job at the time or did you end up just going all in? So the first six years, yeah, I would like, you know, I was pretty good at what I did. I worked in interior design and I sold, you know, you know, I helped thousands of families put their homes together um, with interior Love design that. goods. And I started slipping in my own landscape photography and that blew up and I got really cocky in the late summer 2013. I was like, ah, I don't need this job that gives me all these high caliber customers with no marketing expense. <laughs> all, you know, like the whole yeah. infrastructure, all the legals, yeah. the contracts, the, 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 the everything, the, the card processors, the everything. And I tried to strike out on my own and I failed miserably. And then I came yeah. back with my tail between my legs. Like I was like 20 years old. I was making six figures. <laughs> I was doing great. And suddenly I was like dead broke. Oh gosh. Yeah. 
after my, my job back, um, I got my job back, but at a huge pay cut. And then I worked there another three months and then I quit again with like this reserve. <laughs> and then I went and tried to sell my art again. And I sold like three pieces and then I went bust again. So then I went to work for a competitor. And so it was just like yo-yo of like yeah. working hard, hard at a job that I no longer loved and then being an artist. And so I was working another job, but yeah. Valentine's day, 2019, I finally, finally after like 25, 30 failures or by failures, it was like either break even or just below or sometimes it was really bad, but not able yeah. to sustain, sustain myself. But yeah, uh, February 14th, 2019 was the day that I opened when I didn't have to close anymore and opened awesome. great first day made a hundred bucks. I was like, Oh dear. Second day made like yeah. 900, eight, eight, 900. And then I was like, all right, we're yeah. off. We're off to the races. So, um, That's just cool. bringing it, bringing it back to your point, like there's different, like, like tiers. And now I'm like, I want to create the world's highest quality kind of education platform that helps shortcut, um, the horrible six years that I had to go through. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we have about 400 students enrolled now uh, in the Craig Alexander Academy. And that's incredible, man. Good for thanks. you. Thanks. And Good for them, you're, you're talking about milestones and like, usually someone who comes in, they're like, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to quit my job and do art full time. And yeah. you made a really great point. Um, it's like, that should absolutely be the goal. 100%. Many people have achieved this. However, what if our first milestone is sell your first piece of art online. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's to a friend, to a family member for 20 bucks, let's get a transaction in the door. And now, honestly, within the first one to two weeks, a good proportion of our students who sign up within their first like seven to 14 days are making their first sales online when they never have in the past. Incredible. And then the next milestone is kind of like, okay, let's get five sales and five reviews up on your store. And just get that in the bag, even if we have to use friends and family again, use social media, call on personal favors, but let's get that in the bag. And then after five sales, five reviews, then the goal is let's get 50 sales and let's focus on strangers as well as friends and family. We we do whatever we can to get to 50 sales. And then we look at like, what are the best selling pieces? And then we go hard with the internet marketing stuff and the Facebook ads and all that good stuff. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. The way that you're doing it, because what I find too, again, sprinkling magic is just like people tend to overcomplicate the path to the goal. Yeah. So kind of in like naming the steps, people start to focus more so on avoiding actually selling or actually exchanging their product or their art. Yeah. They kind of, it's a natural thing that I've seen. It's like, Oh, well, I need to get my website up. Yeah. No, you don't even have like a canvas painted yet. Let's, let's like get that done. You know, um, it's just a natural thing that I see to avoid like the very, the real very next step and mm-hmm. just going towards that. Because once you accomplish the very next step, you're actually ready to accomplish the one after you're like trying to lift 200 pounds when you can't even lift 40, you know? Right. Right. I think it's so cool. Like, I think I've naturally shown my students kind of the way of the steps, but what you've just said here really drives it home of like, you know, achievable steps, one in front of the other. And I think I'm going to double down. 
I think I'm going to slightly tweak the program just based on what you're saying. I'm loving it. Just double down on next achievable step. You know, like when you're, when you're trying to, when you're trying to like get a six pack for the summer or like able to lift 400 (laughs) pounds, it's like you start by lifting something five pounds heavier than you're used to lifting, or you start by losing five pounds in a month. You you don't start figuring out how to get an eight pack before you can like (laughs) run upstairs, you know? Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a great, I appreciate it. The other piece you kind of struck for me not to kind of, I'll get it in a second. Um, <laughs> besides like the complication, oh, selling to friends and family. Um, yeah. I coach all of my clients to do that. Even business yep. clients, when they're just starting out, they're like straight that's business. Funny. It's like, if you can't sell your friends and family, how can you expect to sell strangers? Totally. And part of you selling your product is being so like, convinced and committed that your product does something for the other person so you need to actually create that and the people that are going to require the least amount of effort and have the highest chance of transacting with you are people you already have relationships with so there should be no ego or no like shyness about selling to people that you already have connections with that is part of the journey. It's just the first step, really. It's so true. It's so true. What, what, what I recommend tactically, what I recommend that they do is like, okay, first thing you need to do is get five sales and five reviews up on your Etsy store. Cause I've just found that Etsy is the fastest way to go, you know, get, get your first money in the door. Cool. You make a 50% coupon and write a really cool story on a certain yeah. structure, you know, a really yeah. exciting story that gets people excited being like, Hey, this is only 48 hours or only 24 hours or only 72 hours, but I'm actually going to give you a 50% coupon. And I, and I show them how to structure it in such a way that that's still profitable. So let's say the item is hundred dollars. They pay $20 to to print it. So they have $80 profit. Maybe those first five sales are with a 50% coupon. So they sell it for 50 instead of hundred. So instead of 80% or sorry, $80 profit, it's only $30 profit. But still, it teaches you how to ship. It teaches you how to fulfill. It teaches you like yeah. the customer service. It like it like hones in that that process. And then they get you know great feedback. They get great reviews. They get you know they get pictures of it hanging up in the house. And it just like it makes it real. It's so yeah. easy to like you know you hear other people winning or you watch inspirational movies of people yeah. winning the Super Bowl or the World Cup or like becoming yeah. famous and it's like oh it must be nice but like when you get little tiny tastes of it and be like oh shit i just got five family members two of which i haven't seen in 3 years to send me $100 for this and i made 30 bucks a pop now right. i have $150 sitting here but more importantly i've made five people happy so happy that they've posted pictures on their wall of the piece you know yeah. hanging and now I know how to ship. Now I know how to do that. And oh shit, all I need now is to get one more stranger to say that, say yes, just like they did. And well, they love the story. So anyway, it just, it just gets the ball, you know, it greases the tracks. It, it just really, yeah. it really sets the bar. It sets the tone. And um, I, I, I'm, how do you, so let's take a musician, right? Which is a different subject than landscape photography. How would you get a musician to leverage friends and family relationships to get their first production off the ground? Yeah, so when you say production off the ground, are you referring to more live music or you mean like paid, recording music? Paid artistic creation exchange with- First thing I would immediately do is you do essentially a fundraiser. So it's you. It's like a charitable donation kind of deal mm-hmm. you could think. So you put on a little event, 
you know, you're putting on a live show, all ticket yep. proceeds go to funding your album. Um, I actually, one of the first artists that was a musician that I worked with, we did that for their band. They had done a Kickstarter for their album yeah. and they fully funded the album based off of that night's ticket sales. And they were like 10% of gold before they did that event. So they exceeded the goal. And again, it's just, it's how much, hilarious. How, much, how That's incredible. It, how much, how much did they raise? If you don't mind me asking. Like for that album, it was like eight grand. Okay. But again, like it was charitable donation for the ticket. So the ticket basically goes towards that. And uh, if you want to donate more, you could donate more. And of course, you know how Kickstarter works. There's different tiers of donations yep. that you get, right? Nice. But yeah, I love like, the crowdfunding. I mean, so cool. I was, I was 18 when I did that. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And did you, did you ever do that again? Is that like a staple to your program? Um, in terms of working musicians, I, I was more so just answering your question because like in diff, I work with people at different levels of where they're at. I have people yeah. that haven't written a song to people that already are producing music and putting it out there and they're writing songs for other people and getting paid for it and they're looking for that next level. So yeah. Yes. If you were to ask me, like, I'm always looking at cool. What's the next level? Like if I have a guy that's never played a live show, but they have written music. Great. Live show. You're going to do a live show. Yeah. Just do it. Right. Cause like at the end of the day, us as artists, yes, we need to make money so we can continue to produce our art, but the greater purpose typically for like a musician is for the music to influence the listener. Yeah. Right in some way otherwise it's not really communication right so i love that i love that scott so i want to ask about i want to talk about money for a second here um i talked to a lot of artists incredibly talented um let me just make take like a made-up example but it's probably like a conglomerate of maybe 20 20 of my students that i'm just thinking in my head so let's say um uh, they're successful in their own right in another field. Let's say they're an engineer or something. They've been a hobbyist artist, so landscape photographer uh, for 30 years. They've been shooting, but they've never even thought of selling their art. And so sometimes I'm talking with them and they're like, yeah, you know, I'd love to sell my art so that I can do more art. And, you know, but, but even more than the money aspect, I want to get it out there. I want to, I want to, I want to see, I want to have it seen, you know, I'm shooting for other yeah. people. I'm photographing to make people happy or to inspire people or to, to influence people in some way emotionally. Right. And I just want to get it out there. Um, sometimes they say like the money doesn't even matter or like the money is secondary. And I, and I totally agree with that. And when I went into art, I wasn't trying to become a millionaire by being an artist, it was like, um, I was fortunately uh, apprenticed for, for, for a year or so with a very, very veteran, very skilled interior designer. And he gave me like the, you know, a college degree in sales. So I, I was fortunately doing very well from early on. And I knew that I could do car sales or insurance sales or solar, solar panel sales or something and make far sure. more money. But I was like, I was like, I really want to get my very, very quick backstory. I really felt, uh, I was kind of displaced at the age of seven. My parent, my, my, my family, my parents got divorced and I was moved to another country and I was very kind of like home, you know, homesick. And I feel like if I had had pictures of my old, of my old town, you know, old city or the place I used to live, it would be like this connection with my home. And I I remember 
as I moved around, I would see like dish towels or fridge magnets from the place where the person was from. So like there'd be Swiss people in the South of France and those Swiss people would have like, like, like uh, kitchen towels, you know, to, for drying dishes with the Swiss Alps on it. Or like That's a French cute. person from Paris who's living in Italy will have like little fridge magnets with like a guy with a beret or a baguette. I, I mean, like I'm giving silly yeah, yeah. examples, but like people really attach their home. So I was like, I felt homesick for so long. So I want to take pictures of like the coolest places from each city so that if someone's away they can like remember their home that. That really that was really my purpose That's and the purpose cool. and the purpose for making money you know i've had some people like oh you're all about the, all you're talking about is selling your art don't you care about art itself and yes so much so <laughs> but like to me all art all the money represented was that's like a credit for a couple more weeks that i can create my art like have you ever seen yeah. that Justin Timberlake movie, uh, In Time or About Time? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it's like instead of living on money, they lived on on time. And if you ran yeah. out of time, you died. But like as an artist, yeah. every time my money came in, I wasn't thinking like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go buy a Ferrari." I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go buy a new lens, or I'm gonna buy a plane ticket to like exactly. Italy and go photograph." So like, yeah. Do you ever do you ever find that sometimes new artists who aren't used to the business world have I don't know, unusual relationships with money or aren't quite comfortable with it? And what words of advice would you give to them? Um, yeah, so I, I've dealt with different mindsets on money. You know, there's a very common one, which is, oh, I don't want to like charge too much, yeah. right? Or you, no, I'll, I'll do it. I'll <laughs> do it for free, right? Doing yeah. a lot of free things. And I personally don't look at the money thing as like necessarily, again, the end all be all. I yeah. don't at all because, again, we're trying to get our art out there, listened to, seen, felt, tasted, if you're like a chef, you know. So it's kind of like what is money is energy at the end of the day. And what you choose to use that energy for is what's going to dictate your relationship with money, right? Mm. So if you're an artist, and you're looking to get your artists, sorry, your art more received and like create a bigger impact. Great. Then money is going to be used as an energy to reinvest in your business. Like you said, get a better lens, um, get a better set of tools. So that way your art is more quality or can you know be received better. Spend money on marketing so that way your art can be seen more, right? So um, like I had this one this almost like gene of all trades who, you know, I can do photography, I can do painting, I could teach painting classes, I can do all these sorts of things, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that's almost a curse because it's kind of paralyzing, like, which one do I focus on, right? And maybe some of them I should do for money and some of them I shouldn't do for money. So it's just like very interesting dynamics, but I was like, hey, what do you ultimately want? I want to be able to just do my art and not have to worry about money, right? That was yep. really like the milestone she was working to. It's like, great. So what's the most you've made in a month? Great. What do you need to make minimally to survive on your art and still pay for like the general costs of living? Not like living the high life yet, but just you pay don't rent. have attention on money. Pay for your car, pay for gas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it... It was crazy, Craig. Like the amount was only like sixteen hundred bucks a month or something. Like this one could live on very little. Yeah. Right. And I was like, okay, so 
literally we could sell four things for 400 bucks. If you could get one sale a week for 400 bucks, or if you sold four things a week for hundred bucks each. And she had never, ever even looked at that. She was like, wait, what? And so then her idea about money changed because she was like, oh, I can use this as energy to get to my goal. Why am I doing this free stuff? Like, I, I don't have to do it for free. I'm not looking right. to prove myself. I have people that already want to pay me money, right? So it kind of flipped her whole viewpoint and thought on it. And, you know, once you achieve that goal, you set the next goal, you set the next objective. And then again, how you choose to use your money or as energy can also change as you create that goal. I love that so much, Alex. You're, you're, you're smart. We've got to get you back on here at some point. Um, okay. where, where can they find you on social media? Where YouTube, Instagram, how can they follow you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am the artist consultant.co. Awesome. So again, the artist consultant.co. So that's where you can find me as the artist consultant. I also have a Facebook page. I do have a YouTube channel. Um, just as the anyone, artist, so sorry. So on Instagram, it's the artist consultant.co. And then what is it yeah. on Instagram and Facebook? Sorry, that would be for Instagram. Okay. That one. And then for Facebook, it is do, do, do. should probably go off of, hold on. Let me access the internet. You can send them to me privately as well, as well as shouting yeah. them out. And I'll see if I can put them in the show notes so that people can link to your socials. Totally. Uh, the artist consultant company is what it is on Facebook. Cool. And then YouTube. But yeah. Um, on YouTube. You're good, man. You got all the questions. Um, this is what I do. There we go. It just looks like the artist consultant is how I have it on there. I have okay. a few videos on there, but uh, one thing I'll do a special shout out. Um, I do free consultations and mm -hmm. I do these as a way to help anybody and everybody interested in growing their art career. So there's no cost to it. Um, what I promise is that we're going to talk and figure out what that next milestone is for you. Yeah. And you're going to end up with at least one to three action steps that I'm going to require you to take in the next 24 hours to actually <laughs> make progress. Um, so we're going to actually come up with a little strategy for you. And I do that no cost because again, my greatest purpose is for the artists to be succeeding because artists dream the future of the world. Yeah. They are the most powerful member of society and they very often are the underdog too at the same time. So I wanna shift that narrative, just drop a, a good hypey word, the narrative yeah. um, <laughs> on that. And um, yeah, anybody can DM me or email me and I'll be happy to do a consultation. And if you guys do want to work long-term, great. But for me, again, the value is just being able to help another artist succeed. I love that, Alex. And anyone who's listening here, um, Alex did not pay to come on here. This is not a sponsorship. Alex is a friend and I've seen how he's worked. He's 
He's, he's, he's a good dude. Uh, he and his wife do incredible things on social media. I cannot recommend him highly enough. There is no competition between he and I. So if you want to get a consultation, you're not spiting me in any way. I highly <laughs> recommend, you know, availing yourself of, uh, of this awesome resource. And I do um, consultations and I send people <laughs> to you. Actually, I've done that a couple of times. Well, I appreciate it. But uh, anyway, he's a great dude. Um, very selfless serving person and uh, just great energy. So if you do, if you did like this episode and you're like, oh, I want to see, you know, how else he can help me. Uh, highly recommend it. Just check out the artist consulting company on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And I'll see if I can link that down below. All right, Alex, um, in parting words, any last little bit of advice that you can give to an artist, like parting words of like, if you could tell an artist one thing, especially a landscape photographer, what would you tell them in terms of monetizing their art, their craft, their career? I'm putting you on the spot here. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting to try and come up with something that's kind of overarching and applying to everybody. But what I do know is this, um, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but it's like, you never know what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. But what you do know is that you're going to actually find out so long as you keep continuing. Yeah. Right. Um, there's tons of fun graphics that you can find online where it's like, you know, this slope going upwards, but you see like these valleys in between of like success, failure, success, failures, like the zigzag going upwards. But like the person that stops at the first or second failure is never going to get to the top. And having yourself locked into that why or that purpose that drives you to keep pushing, that's when it get to help keep you moving. So just keep persisting. The world needs your art. I don't joke when I say you're the most valuable, you know, one of the most valuable human beings on this planet, because as you artists, look at yeah. every aspect of life that continues to grow and blossom there are artists behind it dreaming it up whether it's in technology whether it's in fine art whether it's in music right you can almost see the difference in those areas of the world um, compared to you know other industries so everyone has a place but the artist is a very special person that deserves to prosper so keep doing what you're doing because it's not just for you, it is for the world. I love it, Alex. You're the best. Thank you so much. And we will have to get you on here again in some capacity. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye.